Hi, I'm Tim and this is TBV for the 11th of February, the year of our Lord, 2024. Snow means snow. When we look out on a white winter's day with everything blanketed in beauty, we see that there is this crystalline glory, this reflected wonder of sunlight and even just grey cloud cover illumination sparkling off the snowflakes. Quickly they melt, at least where I live, and turn to slush or just disappear as water. It's about a ratio of 12 to 1, 12 centimetres of snow for 1 centimetre of rainfall. It doesn't seem to go very far. And yet there is wonder. The way that a snowflake grows, the way that a crystal forms as it is tumbling amid the clouds, is an intricate pattern of sensitive dependence on things that we cannot measure. Each snowflake has a unique pattern. It is distinct. It is so distinct, much more than a fingerprint, that it is unlikely that two snowflakes the same have fallen on planet Earth in the whole of our history here. This is something beyond measuring. This is a uniqueness that is distinct. Snow is something. It is surprising for many of us in the warmer parts of the world. It's often greeted with concern or delight, depending on your risk of breaking a bone. This snow comes with the opportunity to maybe miss school, an opportunity to run and jump and get outside in the dark winter months. A moment when you can forget everything else and just wonder at the world you know looking completely covered and contrasting to its grey winter state. This is wonder. The other thing about snow is that it's become for us a metaphor. That's an image that is on the television. It's something that is getting lost now to memory as we move to digital forms of communication. But in my childhood, snow on the TV was a very familiar feature. Not just pictures from the weatherman or woman, but the images that were not images. The TV crackling and sparkling with snow, static black and white TVs with black and white spots dancing here and there, infinite disorder, unlimited permutations and combinations of the stuff that was coming into the aerial, being converted into the picture. When I was young, the TV aerial could easily get knocked and then you would start to see the image through snow. It was like there was a TV program going on 
with something getting in the way. Of course, the actual problem was tuning in, was locking on to the signal, to the data, the information. And so that conveyed the story or the documentary. It brought to life what was coming to us from the broadcasters. We were receiving the information. The thing about this snow is that you could watch it for a long time without seeing even the merest hint of an image. If the signal was disconnected, if it was not tuned in, if the aerial was pointing the wrong way, you would just see snow and more snow. You would see not even the kind of images that we make with our minds when clouds fly overhead. Looking up on a bright sunny day, lying on the grass, we might imagine that there is a cat or a dog or a creature in the clouds. Not that it's there, but you get to see a hint of an outline. Our capacity, our human ability, our ingenuity, that we see things where even they are not, is part of our early warning system, that we can spot a shadow moving, a shape in the bushes, that we can be alert to danger. We have this capacity to form our images. And amazingly, we are told that so much of what we see is not what falls into our eyes. It's not the light falling on the sensors, the sensitive cells at the very back of our eyes. Most of what we see is our construction. We've taken the light and we comprehend what is happening. We use our intelligence, our understanding, our history of navigating this glorious and complex world to make sense of chairs and tables, of trees and flowers, to recognize birds rather than planes in the air, or planes rather than birds flying past, that we learn to see by looking, that we learn to see by navigating the world and talking with others, and we start to realize what is permanent, what is there when we're not looking, what remains when we move away. This is part of who we are, that we are people who make sense. We interpret and comprehend what is happening around us. Of course, much of the world can perplex or confuse us, but when it comes down to the level of what's in front of us, much of the time we can consistently and reliably make sense of a door and how to open it, of a step and how to step down it. We can find our way through this world as this light is translated into signals that are then transmitted to our brains and we make sense of them. How does this relate to snow? Well, sometimes when we're knocked, when our vision goes, it can blacken out, the signal fades, or we see stars, the first hint of what might be described as interference. We can't quite work out what's going on. We're disorientated and dizzy. We can't lock in easily. This is the signal breaking down. 
this is the system under strain. So how do we bring together these three images of snow falling on the ground, of the old um, signal-driven analog TVs with snow on the screen, and we're seeing stars when our heads get a nasty knock. The thing that is distinct here is whether there is information, whether there is communication. Snow, intricate as it is, unique as each flake has been created, is not containing what we would call a story or a narrative or even a message. Together they are beautiful, aggregated across existence. They are a glorious phenomenon that delights and wonders, causes wonder for those who encounter them for the first time or like people in the warmer places only a few times or maybe even not every year. What we have here is something that is the formation of complexity that does not contain information. This is wondrous. It is like crystals that form in other ways, whether diamonds or gemstones, whether the Devil's Causeway in Ireland with those hexagonal stone crystals grown uh, amazingly. What we have is self-assembly, that the laws of physics and the movement of atoms do result in the aggregation in an ordered and structured way. But this is not what we call information as we understand the information that makes you and me and allows us to talk to others, allows us to make sense, to interpret meaning from what we see, to take action based on what we understand. Here we have something of an entirely different character. Snow means snow. Snow does not result in images. And I would like to put to you a suggestion that if you were to watch a 1970s television set, maybe with just mono sound, and you were to turn it on today and it's still powered up, you might even need to bang it to get it going, what you would see would be snow. There is no signal coming. This signal has been turned off in most places. What you would see is snow upon snow. Snow upon snow. It goes on and on and on. Maybe if your imagination was really alert and you watched just a few pixels, you might see the odd image, a Tetris shape or something that you could imagine is this or that. But it wouldn't grow. It wouldn't be selected. It wouldn't be chosen by the TV, ingenious, ingenious as its design is. It would remain 
as a flickering image that would then be replaced by another flickering image. It would not become a story. It would not grow into a computer program. It would not form a TV serial or box set, let alone the wonders that we have witnessed of the natural world through our screens. What we have here is a simple device for receiving. It does not select what comes through it. You have to do the work. In the old ways, you have to turn the dial to find the right frequency. You have to point the aerial towards the transmitter. You have to connect up all the parts and power it up even to receive a signal. But that doesn't give you a TV program or a documentary or a soap opera. What you get instead is something that has been made, that has been created, that has been designed and put together, often, almost always, in the TV studio days, by an incredibly multi-layered team of engineers, of makeup artists, of scriptwriters, directors and actors, of set designers. This all comes together to give us something that we can see on our screen. It doesn't just grow. It doesn't just appear out of the pixels of those little coloured red, green and blue once we got past the black and white days. It doesn't happen without the information coming from minds. Brilliant and not so brilliant minds, creative people who are making something that has not been before. However much it is derivative or copying from others, it is still a creation. It is still an imitation of some aspect of life reformed and reshaped into a new communication. This is what happens. But snow is snow. And snow means snow. It doesn't become something that has life. It doesn't grow in all its intricate crystalline creativity. Well, it's not, is it? It's beautiful. It is the random movement of particles gathered together in self-assembly. But it's not alive. It's not deciding or choosing. It's not targeting its flight like some parachutist to land on this tree or that. It's not sending you a signal by the tendrils of its snowflake growth. There is no consciousness or communication. This snowflake, this being of existence that is not a being of consciousness is part of our world and all the intricacy that means that there are so many snowflakes each one unique and different and yet none of them contain information none of them form something that becomes life what we have in life
is an irreducible complexity. We have in life systems that are created like a TV, that without the cathode ray tube, that's the old glass way of doing a screen, that without the electronics and the power supply, that without the signal, without the aerial to pick up the signal, we have a dead and uninforming piece of hardware. We might wonder what it's there for. We might hit it in frustration, which was a common practice with TVs when I was a small boy. And sometimes, because of the ways those electronics work, hitting it would work. But this did not mean it was alive. It was something that was made by minds, that was put together in factories, that was assembled by normally human hands and brought to us, delivered to us. And all it could do was pick up something that humans had made, humans had created and put out into the ether, something that had been sent as a message. And what I want to ask you today is have you heard? Have you heard the message that is coming through the ether? Have you heard the message of God, the good and gracious creator who is calling you by name? When I was a boy, back in the day, the idea of someone on the TV screen talking to the people in the living room was a matter of fear or science fiction. It was like there was a possession or an evil spirit. TVs just show programs. Of course, all of us today, in the year of our Lord 2024, have access to screens that mean we can talk to people. But this was a weird idea. But you have been made, fearfully and wonderfully made, to receive from God. Now, how would you get this right? How could you distinguish between your imagination and the Lord God Almighty? How would you know? Well, this problem has been thoroughly and roundly addressed. He's given us a public key. It's a three quarters of a million word book called the Holy Bible. It brings alive across cultures and various times and places the glory of God and teaches you to recognize the symbol. It reshapes you to be able to tune in to what is coming from him, to hear the story that invites you in and to be part of the plan that he has made you to begin. I'm Tim, and this is TBV. Until next time.